The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! You asked for it, and you got it. At BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. It's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of London, England, where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry, we will voice it for you. This is NHB Radio, or what we call No Holes Barred. We talk about everything on It's Time. And you're going to join us today. We're here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. Hi, TJ. What's up, Buff? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Getting ready to go to London. Getting ready for a big show over there. Looking very uh, very much forward to it. Looking forward to our guest on the show, uh, actor, martial arts extraordinaire, Michael Jai, Jai White. Uh, he'll be coming on to talk about his new film he made with Michael Bisbing, and we'll cover a number of other subjects with Michael Jai White. Uh, with that being said, we do have the show coming up here, the main event is Darren Till, always a big hit in England, of course, and Jorge Masvidal. So that's going to be the main event. I think that's going to be a puncher's fight. I don't know how else to look at it. Uh, Masvidal's going to try to take this fight to the floor. You think think he'll take it down? Personally, I think he's a much better uh, uh, grappler than Darren Till is, especially Till coming off that uh, sort of one-way traffic fight with, with Tyron Woodley. There's a clear path to Masvidal, which would be uh, to try to wrap up a submission. Very underrated uh, grappler is Masvidal. He's going to have to deal with that uh, lo- long reach uh, of Darren Till. But that said, uh, I don't know if you've exchanged blows with Masvidal on the green felt battlefield, but this man likes to trade uh, when he's playing cards and also when he's uh, standing in the pocket. So you never know. He might kind of get the uh, the emotion going and, and maybe it will get the best of him and he'll like, exchange with the... Uh, the Englishman, but I, I don't know. I think Masvidal uh, would be best suited to uh, take this fight to the floor, try to wrap up a submission. Well, I agree with you, but you know, Darren Till is going to come out throwing. Masvidal is going to probably uh, entertain that, and then when if it goes the wrong way, definitely he's going to the ground, if not right at the beginning, like you're saying. And I have played blackjack 
uh, with Jorge. Um, you haven't played poker? Of, uh, poker? He's a huge poker player. I mean, we've had I, him on the air, and you guys have talked about poker. I, I yeah, figured I that think, you'd played before. I think we did. I just don't remember exactly where. I know we always talk about gambling when we see each other, but I'll tell you one little bit of trivia. Somebody posted on Twitter a tweet with a video. I didn't remember this, but at an old, old hook and shoot. Remember those shows? Of course. Right? I used to drive to Indiana to watch them. I announced his debut fight. They had it there. Him walking in. I announced his debut fight at a hook and shoot. Going back many, many years ago. I was. I thought that was really cool to see that. Also on the card in the co-main event is uh, Leon Edwards and and uh, Gunnar Nelson, which uh, we all know Gunnar is probably the grappler extraordinaire. Uh, we'll see how Leon handles that. Dominic Reyes and Volkan Uzdemir. It's going to be very interesting. Many other fine fights on the card. We've got 13 fights on the card. It's going to be an exciting night at the O2 Arena. Both the prelims and the main events will be on ESPN+, and I will see you on the Octagon for that. With that being said, TJ, let's bring on Michael Jai White. He's always got something to say, and it's always interesting, and he's a friend of the show and a friend of mine. I see him at the UFC. I see him at this big screen. I see him everywhere. Michael J. White, how are you? All right, you sir. I'm doing great, Michael. Doing really, really well. You know, you're always active. You got movies coming out. You're you're just constantly busy. Your your new film is coming out now, which is called Triple Threat, which has one of our friends of the show and uh, certainly a, a legend in the UFC. You worked with Michael Bisbing on this movie, and um, absolutely. Tell- yeah, I, you know what? Let me ask you a question, Michael. Of course, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, but Michael mm-hmm. uh, Michael Bisbing has a presence, which, in my opinion, a lot of character actors can work all through their careers in Hollywood, sort of like Vinnie Jones from England, who kind of reminds me of Michael Bisbing a little bit. Just being Michael Bisbing and putting it all into his work, but he seems to put it all into his work. I really enjoy when I see him on the big screen. What was it like working with the uh, legendary Octagon Warrior? Oh, it's, it's great. And, and you know, you, you, to know that guy, you got to love him. It's, it's rare to have that much honesty come out of anybody, you know, <laughs> somebody being genuine. And that's like, that's what you touch on. It's the same thing that Vinnie Jones has, same thing that's lacking a lot in, in movies. So, right. I mean, of our characters, that's what we want to be able to identify with people instantly. And Mike's got one of those characters. Yeah, definitely one of those characters. I think, aside from his commentating career and everything's going, I I think he's going to have a steady workload. You know, maybe not as much as you. I mean, you're constantly doing things left after right and one after the other. But I can see Michael, you know, doing quite well um, being Michael Bisping in the future. But we have you on the show, the true Michael on the show today. So tell us about the movie. Tell us what it's about. And uh, when can we see it? Well, um, it's a it's an action movie. Uh, it's got it's got six of us, man. Like six of us, uh, I feel martial art nerds who've come from all different parts of the globe, all together to to do this one movie. So uh, it, it's just one of those things. It, some people are calling it like the martial art Expendables. Oh, cool! So you got Tony Tony Ja, who's a legend uh, from Ong Bak, and you've got. Eco ways from from the raid movies, and you know those those two right there, man. They're they're, they're history. Do we lose Michael? There we are. Okay. Oh, you you lost me? No, just for a second. Just for a second. Just repeat the last uh, line, Michael. Yeah. Then you, you got um, I got from from China, so it's a, it was a, it was a real blast doing the movie. And uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, you've got some uh, big stars and Chinese films here yourself. Um, now, Scott Atkins, the, the Scott Atkins and TJ, you know this, too. There's a Scott Atkins involved in MMA. Is that the Scott Atkins who is a MMA uh, aficionado or is that another actor named Scott Atkins? Well, uh, Scott Atkins has done action movies with, uh, you know, MMA uh, content in it. Uh, famously, he, he's done, he started with the Undisputed movies with me and then, um, and then went ahead and now he's doing them uh, of the character that, that, he, that fought me in the second movie. Very cool. So Very now, cool. Now they're at the, the fourth one. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Now I know I know I'm looking forward to seeing the film. Uh, your publicist sent me uh, an ability to see the film, which I'm going to watch. I'm actually leaving for London today, so I'm going to watch it while I'm gone. I'm sorry I've been traveling and haven't been able to catch it before I left. I wanted to see it before I talked to you, but you know I know that you're a huge UFC fan. I saw you at the UFC yes. recently. The whole bit when you read about George St. Pierre retiring, what's your initial reaction when you read about a legend like that retiring that I know you respect tremendously? Well, yeah, I, I understand it. I mean, his, his world is um, it pulled him so many different places. He's done so much, for, so much for the sport. I, I love to see him. Um, if he's got a plan for after retirement, I, I love to see him go off healthy and and happy. You know, there's a yeah, as you know, there's a lot of uh, the other story where people kind of and they live for their heyday and they don't have much to look forward to. Right. So I just wish the best for, for George and, and, you know, for him to step off the roller coaster, hopefully it's the right time for him to do that. I think so too. And I think he'll be involved in martial arts to a large degree. However, for the rest of his life, being a, a lover and, and a supreme practitioner, aside from his fighting in the UFC, but also, you know, he's another one that has done a number of films and uh, who knows, maybe there's a, a route you two will meet up on the silver screen one day and we'll see uh, Michael and George go at it, which would actually make me quite happy not seeing him in the octagon for <laughs> for, for any more, shall yeah. we say. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, yeah, hopefully, gotta, hopefully there's a movie that um, he can do that really encompasses what he's about. Right. And Ex- um, Yeah. Exactly. Now, we have another situation. Uh, Conor McGregor is back in the news again. I'm sure you read that also. Um, Just heard about it. Just heard of it. Exactly. So yeah. I, I, I'd like to read something more positive with Connors McGregor's name mm-hmm. beside it. You know, it's, it's amazing yeah. how he keeps getting involved in these, these little situations here. We're not so little, but L- let me, let me jump in here, Bruce, because I think yeah. this is the, the issue at hand and, and both you and Michael, I think c- can answer this question when you're, you know, someone in that public spotlight, people are going to take photos of you sometimes yeah. more often mm-hmm. than not. They're going to come up to you and say, you know, hi, I'm a big fan. Would you mind taking a photo with me? And, and more often than not, I think Conor McGregor is going to be that guy that that he does. However, when you don't approach someone and even if it's in public, you're, you're not, you know, infringing upon their privacy by standing at a distance, not saying anything and, and taking a photo of them. But still, it, it is somewhat rude to do that. Like it feels nefarious and and that's what i sort of think happened here i mean i haven't heard all of the details but it, it seems like this fan took a photo of connor without asking him and things sort of escalated from there michael i i know you're you know like bruce in the public spotlight people 
will want to take photos with you when when they see you. But how do you act when someone from you know afar just takes your photo without your your permission that they don't necessarily need to have, but still, you know, uh, I think the courteous thing to do is ask. Yeah, see, it's it's a double-edged sword. One of the things that people are enamored with Connor about is that he comes off as a regular guy that hasn't changed, right? Even though he's, you know, he's living on a, a grand scheme, but the, the things that enamor us with him are the things that uh, kind of, you know, he's going to be struggling with because he may to some degree feel like he's a regular person who's entitled to his privacy. And so if a, if a regular person is doing something that, you know, bothers you, like somebody's being rude, you might want to smack them. And so Connor may forget at certain times that he's a little larger than life. So it's, it's like, I know Bruce goes through this as well. A lot of times what happens is, um, what tends to happen is people, if people ask you for a, a picture, the first person will ask you for a picture. But the second, third, and 50th just line up. They no longer ask. They just think, oh, you took a picture with that person. Now you're in public domain. Right. Now it's a so full-on meet and greet. Exactly. And this is one of the things that, you know, and, and you, you, you kind of go, okay, well, it's, it's, it's basically um, being, you know, being uh, just respectful to ask. But people tend not to once they've seen you take a picture with one person. So there's that there's this weird line that uh, the average person doesn't realize that you're going through. And then, so who knows how many times it has happened with Connor that people just basically I don't care who I don't care about your basic rights. I'm just going to take pictures of you, and it can it can be like the fiftieth time that happened that week, and it could tend to if if somebody would put themselves in that in that place it kind of make you freak out a little bit. I agree with everything Michael said. Uh, one thing I'd like to add is that when you're in the spotlight, whether it's the, the niche celebrity, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the word celebrity, as I've said before, because I think we're all created equal. But at the same time, you have taken this position, you've accepted this position. And the way I, the attitude I take is that I sign every autograph, take every picture as long as people are respectful. Many times, as Michael's saying, yes, people pull out the cameras, they take pictures, especially during a UFC weekend. There's absolutely no privacy. You do have to accept the fact, I feel, that in, in Conor McGregor's case, as even in our cases, that this is a role that we've accepted. Now, if the man just took a picture of him afar, what's the problem? You know, I, that happens to me all the time. If I'm having a private dinner with my family, yes, I would ask them to, you know, hold back. But when you're out in public and you're walking around with bodyguards and you're making a, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely causing attention to yourself, it goes with the job. But at the same time, if the man did not enter his space, you know, I have a three foot theory. In many cases, that gets less. If he didn't enter his space or was rude, there's no reason for Connor to supposedly and allegedly approach the man, slap the phone out of his hand stomping on it and then putting it in his pocket and walking away, which is what he was arrested for. So you do have to have a level of self-control and accept the position in life that you've fought so hard in his case fought and in Michael's case fought and in my case fought in many ways to get there. 
but it's just a matter of mutual respect. But there is a situation where people in this position tend to think that they're above the law and they can do whatever they want. The fact of the matter is, I don't care how much money you make, and this is another thing that just came out recently with this college scam, which involves some very prominent Hollywood celebrities. Um, no matter how much money you make, no matter what position you're in, we are all created equal. We're all under the eyes of the law. And we all have to respect what's right and what's wrong. And if you don't like it, don't draw so much attention to yourself. Stay quiet, get in your car, drive away. I know that's the way I feel, Michael. Am I off? No, I, I'm exactly. If I, I agree with you 100%. I, there's certain things about myself I've never changed because, I don't know, caught me superstitious. This, I, I feel like I've gotten this far being who I am. Um, right. And I don't think of myself as anything above anyone else. And so I think everybody has a right to common decency and, and respect. Um, but I find myself, I was in a situation where last year, someone really, um, I guess a keyboard martial artist warrior, um, had said some pretty inflammatory things. And I, I, you know, happened to be in his town and I went to his karate school and just basically said, bro, we, we can meet. And so he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're here. And I'm like, no, um, I'm here as a regular guy that you're speaking to. And there was some, some you know, some things you wanted to discuss. But, of course, it's, it's, it's tune changed a great deal. But the way I looked at it is I'm just a regular person. You talk to me like a regular person. Well, you talk to me like a regular person now. And so it still comes back down to just basic, basic respect. And yep. so I don't think I'm too big to go to someone's martial arts school if I'm if I happen to be there and I'm putting what I'm saying um you know I'm 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 a man of my word so you know I the fact is I don't think I'm too big for that but he did when I showed up I'm like uh you know it's it's weird but I so I get it to some degree with Connor you may look at yourself as the same guy and that same guy is going to get your your face if you do the wrong thing. So you know, it's sometimes hard to navigate that line between saying I'm a, I'm a regular person and I am a so-called celebrity. That's, that's a line that I, I struggle to navigate with because I don't think anybody's better than anyone else. I agree with you. That's what I was saying. Never forget where you come from is another thing. I remember when it was crickets out there. Nobody said anything when I walked by. And now through a lot of diligent work and a lot of effort, you know, with the team at the UFC and everything else I've done in my life, like yourself, Michael, again, this is the position we're in. So just like I end the show every day or every week saying treat everybody with respect, treat people the way you wish to be treated. It's as simple as that. I'm not above the yes. law. I respect everybody. And uh, I don't care how much money I make, how much whatever. That's the bottom line. I'd rather take some. I'd rather buy somebody a drink or take them out to dinner than cause any of it of a hassle. I just like people. But if I don't like you, then I don't want to be around you. That's simple. Period. You know. Absolutely. Now, you're in the you're in the show business, very very successfully. A lot of people, um, you know, we've watched grow and and become fans. With there were a couple passings this last week. Uh, Luke Perry dying from a stroke at a very young age of, I think it was 49 years old, the star of Beverly Hills 90210 and other things. My, my best wishes and condolences go out to his family. I don't know if you ever worked with him, Michael. Um, no, the, ne 
the next individual that passed away is a man that I knew um, in my teen years and on because we lived near each other in Malibu and he actually married uh, one of my good friends that I graduated Santa Monica High School with. And I know you know this gentleman, uh, Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, yeah. he, pa he passed away at 74. And like I tell a lot of people, Jan Michael Vincent um, was basically in his day, he was the Brad Pitt of his day in Hollywood. Yes. Very successful. Uh, went on to a very successful TV show, one of the biggest TV shows, you know, that syndicated in uh, Hollywood, which was Airwolf. He once told me, he said that making movies is so much easier than TV because his days in TV were, you know, 14, 16 hour days, you know, five days a week, whatever it take to make the thing. But Jan, uh, you know, but Jan had abuse issues, you know, he died of a cardiac arrest at 74. He had lost a leg to an infection. Um, a lot of issues took, uh, you know, took over Jan's life, I think, which caused his passing at the age that he passed at. But he was a very successful actor, and in the end, all the abuse that he put his body through got to him. But I was a big fan of Jan Michael Vincent's back in the day. And again, my, my best wishes and my condolences go out to his family and loved ones also. Did you ever work or ever meet Jan Michael? No, I haven't. I, I, I was shocked to hear his age. I didn't think he was new at all. He was an 80s heartthrob. He was that old, um, but he never looked the same. Uh, after he went through some issues with his drug and alcohol abuse that really did get to him, uh, I remember my friend Chad McQueen, who's Steve McQueen's son, was making a movie that Jan Michael was starring in, and right before the movie started, Jan had a car accident, went through the windshield, and his face got completely sliced up. So uh, Chad still kept him in the movie. If you see the movie, you can see the, the stitches and the scars, his face put it back together. But here was, again, a man who was the Brad Pitt of his day, and certainly not that way when he passed away. I'm sorry to say that, but abuse, self-abuse from drugs and alcohol do not have a bright future. Let's put it that way. Right. But with that being right. said, thank you for all the entertainment, Jan Michael Vincent. Appreciate it. And again, my best wishes go out to you and your family. One last story I want to cover with you, Michael, before we go. You obviously have read about this college entrance scam, all these multiple people being arrested. Yes. It's, you know, it's crazy. And TJ, tune in on this too. But the arrests were made at a gunpoint, in this case, Felicity Huffman, uh, star of, um, uh, what is it? What's the Housewives show? Help me out, guys. I'm, I'm drunk. Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. And Lori Laughlin. Uh, who's been a longtime TV star, were indicted in these college admission cases. The documents in the case claim that basically money was paid uh, to help people get past their SATs, help them get to college. There's a, I think there's a wide range of effect that's going to come from this. I don't know what's going to happen to the students that were you know, entered into the college and accepted into the colleges under these circumstances. Um, they're taking it very seriously. And quite frankly, people are going to go to jail, Michael, um, people that never expected they were because they thought they were doing right by their kids. But as a father and TJU as a father, do you, it, this, there's no way I can condone this or no way I can say if you're rich and whatever, you can pay to get your kid in. I mean, when the other kids are doing everything they can, studying, taking the test, doing everything they can to get into a Yale, get into a Harvard, get into a fine school, it's just not fair. Uh, my question is, do you think these arrests and the type of jail time they're they're proposing are warranted in this case, or do you think it's going to end on a slap on the wrist? And there's no way to tell. I'm just asking your opinion. I don't. I, I think th they get slapped hard. And this movie has a happy ending to me because 
this is what this kind of touches on what you you Michael and I are talking about. Sometimes this um, this cult of celebrity. Uh, if you agree with you, if you start believing your own hype that you are a better person because you can play make believe or do whatever you do, and that affords you something that other people don't have, don't have the right to have. Yeah, your your ass should be slapped down and slapped down hard. You know, this is this is why we feel a slight embarrassment calling ourselves celebrities because you and I know that cult. And we mm-hmm. know how bad that is for the believer, no matter how many people are kissing you behind. If you start to believe that you are better or you are just more entitled person, this is what's, what's, what's in store for you. And I hope the, the law comes at them 150%. That, to me, would be a happy ending to the story, that you cannot get away with this. And I'm glad they caught you know, my feelings are exactly as yours. TJ, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I echo everything that Michael says. Uh, I mean, this this is a morality issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a good person, I don't think that you can feel really okay with anything that has transpired. And nor would you want to really believe that anything that was earned this way is really all that valid. If I found out that I was subject uh, to, you know, special treatment or behavior. And, and that was basically what allowed me to get any sort of credential. That credential at its core would be rotten. And I, I, I'd want to do everything all over again because that's just who I am as a person. Right. And I want to add a little, little more onto this because I'm in full agreement. We're all in agreement on this. What is the difference between what these people did in their various ways and then we watch on TV Michael Cohen uh, being, um, I was going to say interrogated, excuse me, I don't mean interrogated, but up in front of the Senate subcommittee that he was in talking about uh, all the stuff going on there where he lied on loan applications to get loans. Bruce, if these, I these, pe- what these people had uh, teachers in these tests changing answers for them. These people had ringers taking uh, certain tests for them and, and actually like whole clothly cheating for them this this wasn't fibbing on an on a an application this was straight up fraud no absolutely and that's why it's so bad in one case and thank you for correcting that in one case let's felicity huffman was indicted for conspiracy to commit mail fraud and um uh, honest services mail fraud the indictment claims she made a charitable contribution of fifteen thousand dollars participated in a college entrance uh for her daughter the indictment claims that the daughter was given twice the amount of time to take the SAT as other students, and the paid proctor agreed to secretly correct her answers afterwards. The, the docs claim she got a 1420 score, which is approximately 400 points over her PS, uh, PSAT scores. Hello? It's not right. It's not right. Wow. And the book should be thrown, and I agree with you, Michael, completely. Sorry to see this happen. I think this is going to open up much more than we're reading about in the paper as time goes on. It's going to be a widespread situation. Yeah, these were only at select universities. So, I mean, this isn't, you know, the entire infrastructure of our collegiate institutions in this country. And, yeah, it's going to go a lot deeper. I'm not sure, you know, if the investigation has already gone uh, into further, you know, areas with this, and and they're just, you know, withholding that info or 
you know, if it's going to snowball from here. But, you know, I mean, it's shocking and it's not shocking all at the same time. Exactly. One one other story that's shocking and, and then I'm going to let you go, Michael. I really appreciate your time. Do you have just a couple more minutes? Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, I watched Finding Neverland, the, uh, the docu-film produced by Oprah Winfrey on Michael Jackson. I'm watching it at lunch today, so n- please don't well, you, spoil the whole thing for me, Buff. I won't spoil I, the whole thing. Think, I think you know <laughs> the ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is true. But I, I haven't heard a lot of the, the information that has come out in, in greater detail quite yet. And, and yeah. I want to make sure that, and the reason I say, like, no spoiler alert is because, I mean, from the sounds of it, it's bad. And, and I don't want any of that shock to be sort of worn off. Um, the, All right. Like, I, mm-hmm. wa- I want the impact to land. You know what I mean? All right. I, I respect right, that. Right. I'll let the impact land. I'm going to say a couple things, and we'll just let it go. Let me just start by this. This docufilm is both compelling and extremely disturbing. That's what I hear. Okay? Extremely disturbing. The graphic detail in which they tell what happened – the brainwashing that went on from Jackson to the families, to the children, the way he met, you know, them, everything. When you see this, you just, I, I we'll talk about it next week. On I'm going to be sad. Okay? I know that. I know I'm going right, to be sad gonna and be horrified and yeah, no, I, I know yeah. that it's, it's going to change. I mean, I already don't have a great opinion here, Yeah, but it sounds yeah. like it's going to get a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse. And, and being, we'll talk. Go ahead, Michael. Be, being a throne line, as far as the cult of personality, uh, if you or, or the cult of celebrity, uh, it's amplified like you will never ever see in your life. That's the, that's what I think is interesting of, of the tone here. Um, where you know, there's a thing that people want to believe, and they will find whatever backs up their initial thought, and it's amazing how far they'll, they'll stretch to do that. There, you know, there is a, there, there is, uh, well, I don't want to give you too much away, but it, it, it's, there's some, certain things that are, are almost never said. Like, well, you know, we're dealing in a time where someone can be dishonest, who can just flat out lie, and then we forget those lies. I mean, you know, you go, okay, Michael Jackson has only had admittedly one or two um, procedures on his face. Michael Jackson would be the only person in the world, only black man, let's not not forget, Michael Jackson is darker than I am. The real Michael Jackson is darker than me. With very... African features, wide nose, and coarse hair. But nobody talks about he's the father of three blonde hair, blue-eyed white children. Has that ever happened? But you know, there's like the huge elephants in the room that want to forget how how just crazy some of the lies and fabrications are going on in front of everyone's face. And just just think about that when you when you're you know, put that on top of everything else. These are the things that are above board that we're you know, we're, that we're asked to believe. So if Eddie Murphy says these are my 
blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white children. Would you believe them? It's hard. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. There's amazing stuff connected with celebrity worship that people forget everything. They forget the basics that they've ever, that they've always known. But just even there, and that's not even in the documentary, so I'm not giving anything up. But if you just think about the delusion that we we just all begin with, and then, you know, you look at the other stuff that you will see, and just compound that with just some of the things I just mentioned. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's amazing. It is amazing. And TJ, I'm just going to say prepare yourself. Just relax and watch it. But the emotions you're going to experience watching this. And, you know, then you, you realize that with what you said, Michael, and the changes he went through, changing his looks, changing, he was not a happy man with himself. He obviously was not happy the way he was naturally. And the children that are depicted in this special, in this docu-film, they're all white children. They're not black. They're all white children. And it was interesting you said what you said. Even They found out an article an interview resurfaced from the 90s where even Michael Jackson's sister, LaToya Jackson, was ac- accusing him of pedophilia in a resurfaced interview yeah. from the 90s. You know, so this Absolutely. is no, no secret. And TJ, I'm going to say one last thing because I don't want to spoil it for you and we'll go into more depth next week. But ask yourself, who's really at fault here? Jackson's at fault. Other things are at fault. But I want you to take a hard look at the parents. Right. The parents of these kids. Right. And ask yourself, how can you be a parent? I'm, and I'm well, one little thing I'm going to say, yeah. wait, how can you be a parent and you meet Michael Jackson four hours later, you're a guest at Neverland and four hours later after meeting Michael Jackson for the very first time as a parent, you are asked if it's okay if the kids stay with Michael Jackson in his house on the multi-home compound. Right. And, and what you're saying, Bruce, is, is something that, that Michael said here just a moment ago, it comes down to celebrity worship. I mean, if I ever said oh, to yeah. you, hey, Michael Jackson is going to hang out with your child, a, a person that is infatuated with Michael Jackson would be like, oh, great. But if I said, mm-hmm. hey, this 30-something, 40-something-year-old man's going to hang out with your kid, no parent of their right mind would just be like, okay, without asking further questions. Yeah, may I add one, one other thing? Michael Jackson, I don't think there's an argument to this. Michael Jackson is the most famous person who's ever lived on the face of the earth. Uh, wait, Michael, repeat that. It came in garbled. Repeat no, he that, said please. he's the most famous person Michael to ever live Jackson. on the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's he, definitely in the top five. There's no question. If no, not the guy, if not it. the guy, yeah, he's about it. No, no, he is the guy. Jesus is not known by Muslims. Michael, right? Um, like there's there's nobody you can think of. Michael Jackson is known from kids five to ninety-five. Yes, you're right. Yes, in every nation on the planet. Now, if Michael Jackson successfully convinces somebody that he is no different from a 12-year-old, just a grown 12-year-old person. He may be convincing to you that, oh, wait, this is just a big kid. My, I will let my child hang out with another 12-year-old who's so rich he can buy the fact that he can buy his own reality that he is a teenager. So if you're if you've convinced 
other parents that their your kid is really hanging out with a little bit of an older kid, you might be a little bit more open. Add to that, he's the most famous kid in the world. Absolutely. Michael Jackson, yeah, he, he convinced parents that he's the most unique thing on the planet. And you would never think another kid would, would do that to your kid. You know what? Those parents drank what I call the Kool-Aid. They got caught up in the mm-hmm. Kool-Aid and everything we're talking, the celebrity worship, the whole bit. I'll leave it at that. Absolutely. I would like our listeners listening to the show this week. If you've not watched Finding Neverland, watch it. TJ, you and I will discuss this much more in depth. For the record, I think it's called Leaving Neverland. Or Leaving Neverland, excuse me. Uh, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll discuss this much more in depth next week. Now, one of the things that come out of this, and there's going to be repercussions from this, as many celebrities uh, – after their demise, they make more, they make a lot of money with their brands, with their with everything they have going. Michael Jackson's one is his estate makes tens of millions of dollars. Steve McQueen, another. Chad still runs his estate, millions of dollars. James Dean, millions of dollars. Marilyn Monroe, millions of dollars. And there's there's others I can mention. Even more money than they made when they were actually working. Now, in this case, a radio stations in New Zealand, and this is going to take more of this going to happen. I'm sure they have. Radio station New Zealand and Canada are now dropping the singer's music from ever being played on the stations again. The, the Lakers have stopped playing uh, his music at their games as well. Okay. This is going to go wide. This is going to go very wide. It's going to affect the estate. But like everybody, like people that will still ask O.J. Simpson for an autograph walking in the room to other situations I can mention, there's still going to be people that love and, you know, will honor him. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, I'll leave this alone. You and I will discuss it more next week. Um that's about it. Michael, is there anything you want to tell our audience? Anything you, uh, you would like to share with us? And please give us your social media if you're active where we can follow you and everything else, please. Yeah, you can, you can follow me on uh, official Michael Jai on uh, Instagram and then hashtag Michael Jai White everywhere else. And then I've got my own YouTube channel, which is the real Michael Jai White. Sounds great. Um, everybody, yeah. check out Michael Jai White. Check out his film. Enjoy it. Triple threat. Michael, you're always a pleasure to watch on film. You're active. <laughs> love watching work. Love watching when you're fighting, babe. Love watching when you're beating up the bad guys. I love that stuff. Thank you. You know why I love Thank it, Michael? You. Because there's acting and then there's real. And unbeknownst to maybe some or known to all, <laughs> I know you can do that for real, Michael. And that makes me enjoy your acting and your movies even much, much, much more. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure. Anyway, all my best to your family. Thanks for coming on the show. Everybody, Michael Jai White, check it out, Triple Threat. And we'll have you back on soon, Michael. We really enjoy you being a friend of the show, and I look forward to seeing you around the UFC campus again very soon. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Michael. Take care. Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White, you know, uh, and I meant that. I mean, you watch this. there's, There's certain actors you watch, and... Let's face it. They either can or they can't fight themselves out of a paper bag. Right. But I, mean, I would not. I would yeah. not be the one to find that out with Michael Jai White. No, I would not even want to. You can only act so much when it comes to martial ability. Even with you know stunt choreographers and you know uh, fight scenes laid out. Like I mean, there's there's a reason they have to bring in doubles a lot. Uh, you know, for actors that don't have the type of athleticism that is required to make a fight scene uh, look real. And uh, Michael Jai White, he's he's the guy that can pull it all off. No question. Now, we're in the field of acting. 
uh, in movies because we've had Michael on the show. Let me take it a step further. Uh, my brother, Michael Buffer, has been very active in the last few months film-wise with Creed Two. He was in Holmes and Watson, which we were both in. And now what could be the biggest movie or one of the biggest movies of the year, uh, we went to the premiere just last Monday, which at the uh, beautiful El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, a classic old-time Hollywood theater. And we were there for the movie, Tim Burton's new film, Disney's new film, Dumbo. TJ, you got to take your son to see this. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's on the short list of films that we uh, plan on seeing. It is. I'm, I'm actually going to, we're planning a whole family day with the kids, with mom. Um, we're all going to go see it again. Michael's scenes in this film, I have to say, in credit to my brother, Michael Buffer, they were standouts. He has two, two excellent scenes in this, and they are standouts. Had a good time. They had a, they had a big party at the Capitan. It was a child's dream. Not my dream necessarily food-wise, but I did dig in. Chicken corn dogs, broadfurs, pretzel rolls, hot dogs, pretzel rolls, candy bars like you would not imagine. When I say candy bar, a bar with all the candy you can possibly eat. I am not a candy eater, but I can see where people enjoy it. But I did have to go and attack the, and tell me if I'm saying this correctly, the churro tray, you know, churros? Right. Oh, my gosh, those are good. I mean, I, I'll never eat one again for another year. But I definitely enjoyed them that night. I ate like three corn dogs. I haven't had a corn dog in 15 years or so. I felt like a kid, went into the movie. Angelie Jolie and her children were sitting two rows behind us. It was really cute. Kristen turned around to say hi and, and, and commented to her, you know, what a beautiful woman she is. And Angelie Jolie re returned the compliment to Kristen, telling her how beautiful she is. I really love seeing that. Kristen's, Kristen was beaming a mile wide. It was very cool. But in this, in this cast, you've got Danny DeVito. You've got Michael Keaton. And you've got Dumbo, you've got Michael Buffer, um, Ava Green, who I always enjoy, uh, just directed by, again, Tim Burton. I mean, Edward Scissorhands. It doesn't get much better than that. This is a very, very talented director. It's one of my favorite movies he's done. So everybody check out Dumbo when it hits the theaters. They do predict that it will have a $60 million opening weekend, and we'll see. Another thing is happening with Michael Buffer. Um, have you seen his Toyota, National Toyota Spots that are playing? I have. It's pretty hot, pretty good commercials. I like them. Yeah. He's, he's got those running nationally. He's got high V markets in the Midwest running. Um, you know, so Michael's been very, very active. Uh, not bad for a man that was going to retire in January of this year, but due to his new two-year deal with DAZN Network and Matchroom Boxing, he will be doing more TV commercials, more movies, and whatever hits uh, that we can book for him in the next two years. So I'm really happy to see my brother healthy, active, and out there doing his thing. Okay, let's get back to some uh, one, one other thing here. Did I mention this book uh, last week on the show, the uh, Godfather Actor book by Gianna Russo? I don't believe so. Okay, if you ever saw The Godfather, did you see The Godfather? That's one film you have not seen, right? I have not seen The Godfather. Okay, many people that are listening to us have seen The Godfather. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's obviously gets replayed over and over and over again. Gianna Russo played a one of the mob uh, gangsters in the film. Those of you that have seen the film, he's the one that was strangled at the end of the film where he kicked the front windshield out of the car. He was married to Michael Corleone's sister and a very prominent role. But he actually was allegedly and reportedly, and in his book he talks about he was a real-life mobster. And he has been uh, involved in two homicides where he killed two people. One was in a restaurant he owned in Las Vegas. I remember going there in the late 70s, very well-known Italian restaurant where he shot the guy like 
25 feet away. I'd have to go back and find the article on it. Um, he did not serve time for that. Uh, he also talks about how he knows who killed Marilyn Monroe, uh, the things that went on between her and um, President Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, uh, the way it was done. Uh, he goes into the making of The Godfather, and it's old-time Hollywood. I'm going to eat this book up. So if you're into old-time Hollywood, you're into these kind of stories, check it out. It's called, uh, let's see, The Godfather Actor, okay? And um, I'm going to show Hollywood Godfather, Hollywood Godfather. Giannano Russo's memoir, Hollywood Godfather by St. Martin's Press. Robert De Niro has a quote on the book that it's a must-read, and that comes from Robert De Niro, who was what? He played... Uh, Corleone, The Godfather, and The Godfather. But I think there's more, more of his reasoning behind saying that. It is a very compelling book, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Collectible-wise, here's an interesting thing before we end up the show. i got to go to a couple things here. Mickey Mantle's Donald Trump's Casino in Atlantic City. Mickey Mantle's gambling cards. That's the cards they give you when you have a credit line or you're being marked for gambling at the casinos. I have numerous of these cards. I doubt they would auction off for what they're going to auction off for Mickey Mantle. Well, every, don't everybody's even, a mark if you're gambling at the casino. Uh, that's true. But here, the individual cards he carried in his wallet, they're just two pieces of plastic. So they expect them each to go for $1,000. Uh, they display the, uh, the great baseball player's name. They're in near-mint condition. And to give you an idea, his American ex- – I've got to save all my credit cards. Maybe I'll sell them for $0.25. Cents. But his American Express card sold for $8,400 at an auction several years ago. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. Matt, these cards can only talk. Now, this is very painful for me. I'm going to tell you one more collectible thing. It's very, very painful for me. Larry Bird, Julius Irving, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird's rookie card is a three-panel card, which My also includes. Your wife has one. Yep. Yeah, it's a great card. You I've know what the sad too. part is, though. What? You cut it apart. Thank you. You you split it, right? Yeah. You, you broke it apart. It's 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 perforated, so you can have three individual cards. Yeah, she okay. she she tore it apart. Well, here's something I'm not too happy about. I had an original box of unopened 16 wax packs of this series, 1980 tops basketball cards in the box. As in every box, there are usually four of each of the cards in the box, which means there were four of these Madge Johnson, Larry bird rookie cards with Julius Irving. I sold that box four years ago for $1,100. Sounds like good. I paid like three fifty for it. Made some good money. I consider myself a very adept collector. But here's a painful thing: the card in Gem Mint Ten condition that was graded, a graded card of just the card, not the box. TJ, the card just sold for one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. If I opened that box and went through everything, there would have been four Magic Johnson cards. I could have got them graded. Now, since they were unopened and untouched, there's a very big chance that there could be a Gem Mint 10 card in there. I just sold a box for $1,100 that had four rookie cards in it, not counting everything else, that if just on the base of the box itself, it's probably worth, I would say, close to $10,000 now. I just sold that box four years ago, TJ. More proof. You made a mistake, of, Buff. I made a mistake. I, and, what, and who's the guy that always says, don't ever sell it unless you have to, right? I'm the guy. I broke my own rule. Now I'm paying the, the price mentally for it. But you know what? I made money on it. Happy for everything else. Oh, my God. In 20 years, what that box would be worth. And I could go into many, many other stories of things I've let slip through my hands. But that's just the way it goes. Can't beat myself up over it. At least I got to own it for a little while. There you go. You know, I mean, life isn't worth living 
if you don't, you know, take risks and make mistakes. You know, like you, you can't that really sounds like something out of Forrest Gump. So hey, but it's true. You, it. <laughs> you can't appreciate success if you never fail. No, that's a, you don't know what success is like unless you have experienced failure. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. No question. All right, TJ, what's up with you before we sign off? Uh, that's pretty much it. Next week, uh, we're going to have to get tricky again. I'm traveling, uh, calling some fights again in Florida. Um, I have not gotten my, uh, travel scheduled yet. We'll figure, so we'll figure, figure it out. out. Get the schedule. Let me know. Book a nice guest for next week. Um, anything else you want to tell before I sign off? Uh, I'd appreciate everyone if they, uh, went over to patreon.com forward slash between rounds and checked out my, uh, MMA radio portal there. Uh, if you're a patron, you can uh, join me on Discord, which is a chat service, which is awesome. We get to hang out with our listeners and talk, uh, you know, in depth about mixed martial arts and a variety of topics that uh, we don't get to cover on the air. And uh, it's fun. So please check it out. Patreon.com forward slash between rounds. Very cool. All right, everybody. I'm off to England, London, England. We have the show this weekend on Saturday on the ESPN plus channel. I'll see you all from the Octagon then. I want you to have a great week. Treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn as much as you can before you step on that path to achieve them. And when you do, as you step forward, just always be the best you can be because then you are winning by being the best you can be. It's time to win, people. It's time to win. With that being said, it's time to have a great week. It's time for me to get ready to catch a plane. And get over to the UK. I'm always excited. I love performing for the UK fans. It's going to be great. Very exciting show. And I will see you from the Octagon on Saturday. Take care, everybody. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. The world has changed. And Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams.